four words the Lord said you'll never want to hear. We're going to die one day. I'm going to back all this up with the scripture because this was a revelation to me. This is how serious God wants you and wants you in his kingdom of heaven. Not just the kingdom of God. It's, it's two different kingdoms. But we don't want to hear this. I never knew you. Let's look at the scripture. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Let me have seen the uh, movie Noah. The Lord had me take up some of us last night and um, I was driving my way home. And the Lord was dealing with me and he said, Beware of false prophet, false teacher. He said that was one of them. That movie. He said, Beware. And how the timing of it. He had us go look at this, this movie and then give me the message the day before. We must test those claiming to prophesy by their fruit. That is, you test their lifestyle, their character, and their teaching. Let's look at the true fruit in Galatians. Galatians 5.22-23 But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Fruit is known by sight and experience. Sight and experience. Character. Jesus said you would know them by the fruit. Now all Christians are ministers. I hope everybody knows that because that's what the Bible says. Everybody's a minister if you're a born-again Christian. But let's look at Matthew 7.21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Listen to that. Most of the churches don't even know the difference between the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. Lord, Lord, not everyone, that means some's going to make it, says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven but he who does the will of my father in heaven now the kingdom of God is Jesus he's what the way he's the truth and he's the life to God father so we get him in our spirit when we ask him to come into our heart kingdom of God comes in he's not talking about the kingdom of God here 
He's talking about the kingdom of heaven here. And the kingdom of heaven is where God dwells. He dwells in an atmosphere. He's a spirit. He's invisible. So when we die, that's called the day, we're going to see Jesus. And some of the church is going to say, he's going to say, I never knew you. Now, wouldn't that be a frightful thing? That we've been in church every Sunday, every Saturday night, every discipleship, and he said, I never knew you. Depart from me. I didn't believe this scripture was a Christian years ago. And what the Lord showed me, let's go on to the next one. 1 Peter four seventeen through 19. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Now, if the righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good, as to a faithful creator. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? The judgment on the house of God. You are the house of God. We are the house of God. Judgment's been on for years. Well, how do we know? Because we get these things coming out of us, these wrong mindsets, anger starting to elevate, fear starting to elevate, all these things, and it, we, it seems to take control of us. Uh, we don't have any control over it when it, when it uh, rises up against the truth. But notice this verse. What will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel? Now, you've got to be in the kingdom first before you can obey the gospel, right? So he's talking about Christians. What will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel? Because the reason the judgment is coming on this temple is for obedience. It's for obedience. Now, if the righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and sinner appear? So he's listing two people here, right? Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God, you're going to suffer for a little while, choosing God's will. But listen, you're going to pass right through it. You won't have to stay in it because he's going to give you the power to go on through it. Committing their souls to him. He didn't say spirit. Soul. He's already got your spirit. You got born back to him. And doing good as to a faithful creator. Let's go to another scripture. Romans 6.16 Do you not know that if you continually surrender yourselves to anyone to do his will, you are the slaves of him you obey, whether that be to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness right doing, and right standing with God. We're going to be a slave to something. Paul was a slave to Jesus. We're going to be a slave to something. If we're a slave to fear, 
if we're a slave to pride, if we're a slave to a slave to love of money and perversion, all these things, then we're not a slave to Jesus. We're a slave to the devil. And that's what's going to get judged. Which leads to death or to obedience, which leads to right standing, right doing with God. Let's go to another scripture. And to recompense you who are so distressed and afflicted by granting you relief and rest along with us, your fellow sufferers. When the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in a flame of fire to deal out retribution, chastisement, vengeance upon those who do not know or perceive or become acquainted with God and upon those who ignore and refuse to obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Such people will pay the penalty and suffer the punishment of everlasting ruin, destruction, and perdition, and external exclusion and banishment from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. Now he's talking about two people here. He's talking about the one that doesn't know God, and he's talking about the one that's not obeying the gospel. If the gospel says, fear not, and we fear, do we dis- disobey? If the gospel says, be forgiven, forgive everyone, and we hold unforgiveness, did we not just disobey? If the gospel says not to be angry, and we're angry, did we not dis- just disobey? This is frightening. I, I, I wouldn't have believed this, though. He, bumped, he, he loaded me up this week with this thing. Because he does not, he loves us too much. He does not want us to miss it. And it's so easy to obey. It really is. Because we don't have, we don't do it. We don't perform it in our own power. We just choose. I am not going to fear. Amen. And you say, I am not going to fear, devil. And then you run towards the thing you were fearing. And you'll find it was a big old lie the whole time. No, there's no truth in the devil. And he is the spirit of fear. Obey means to follow instruction. To respond with action. Follow instruction and respond to action. Baby Christians should be under a, a leader getting instruction for their life wise counsel and when you receive the instruction do it that's what we tell everybody just do what he says I feel like I give instruction 24 hours a day and thank God for the ones around me that that started that did obey it they got freed up and God started blessing them it's like that because if we're still a baby we're not going to hear meet instruction to be able to grow up in him. Jesus is Savior and Lord. He's Savior and Lord. Now look, let's look at this animation a minute. Let's look at this lost man. This is a man, this is the first man that that scripture is talking about that don't know God. 
You see all that influence around him. You see that circle in the middle of his heart there. That's the called the vortex. It's called the, as Romans says, is where eternity resides. Eternity is in every man's heart. And we keep pushing stuff in there. We keep packing it in there with something, whether it's homes, cars, money, women, men, drugs, alcohol. Packing it in, and it vomits it right back out. Because eternal life is not in there yet. It's called eternity. Eternal life is for Jesus. And you see all the demonic influences. Listen, we live our life by thoughts, don't we? We make choices by thoughts. So you see all the demonic thoughts around a lost man, and you see one with color. That's heaven. Even a lost person has heaven circling around them. If that wasn't true, I'd have been dead a long time ago. <laughs> because when you come out of the mother's womb, there is an angel. Because you're on assignment from heaven to bring the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven onto the earth. Let's go to a born-again man. When man receives Christ in his heart, there he is. Now, watch this. Watch how the, the seed of the enemy ejects because he can't stay there anymore. He's got to go. The enemy's seed's gone. Now the Holy Spirit is in there. And now, look, he's got less influence around him from the enemy, but he's got a whole lot of disobedience still in him. Right? All that residue is soil of disobedience. That's why you need to hear from your leaders. You need to hear from the ones that's got it right. So they can give you instruction, give you word, meat. So this little Jesus, this little Holy Spirit in us can grow up. Let's go to the next one and see what he looks like. He's getting larger on the inside as we feed the word, read the word, meditate on the word. And now, see he's pulsating, he's breathing because Jesus is what? A life-giving spirit. He's going to breathe like this. He's going to breathe every time you open your mouth. Your breath is spirit. Your breath is Jesus. And if you keep feeding him and giving him the food that he needs to grow up, your breath is going to get stronger. Amen? Go to another one. As you're walk, working out salvation, salvation came into my heart. Now I'm working it into my head so I can obey God. Look what's happening. Just being with God. And I've seen so many Christians, including myself, go from church to 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 try to get something. When I, it, the whole time it was at home. The whole time it was at home. You in your secret place with God. Worshiping Him. Reading the Word. Meditating on the Word. Now He's coming alive. He's moving. He's, he's able to do something for God now. And look at the thoughts all around him. He's got good thoughts around him now. One little one up there, the devil's always around trying to abort what God is trying to do. All right, let's go to the last one. That's our goal right here. This is our goal. 
this is the one that when he dies, Jesus is going to say, I know you. There's no residue of disobedience. The mind has been renewed to obedience. Purple represents the kingdom of heaven. Now, this person has done exactly what Jesus started. He finished it. And now he's full of God. He's overflowing God. And there's no darkness around him. The devil's not going to waste his time with this guy. Because there's nothing in him to attract the devil to him. And that is temptation on the inside. Renewing of the mind removes the temptation. Jesus said, I'm Savior and Lord. Savior and Lord. Jesus is always going to be Savior and Lord. Savior and Lord. You can't grow without Him saving you from the influence of the enemy and getting His Word in there. Now He's Lord over that Word. As you grow up, you'll be look just like that. That's what the devil's going to see. I like, the only thing I liked about the Noah movie was towards the end. Remember Adam and Eve? They looked just like that, didn't they? All lit up. Didn't they? That's what Jesus came to restore. He's the second Adam. He came with a what? Life-giving spirit to bring us back into that place. That we can be just like that. Okay? kingdom of God is in our spirit it's in our spirit this is our spirit this is the functions of our spirit this is where the kingdom of God righteousness peace and joy land right here right here in my belly right here the heart of my spirit now let's look where the kingdom of heaven lands it lands in the soul your mind when these functions are renewed back to God for God's use, for Him to have a relationship with you, for Him to, to, to work through you and produce His kingdom through you, He dwells there. The kingdom of heaven dwells there. The kingdom of God is in your spirit. So the kingdom of heaven is where God lives. The kingdom of God is extracted out of the kingdom of heaven and it is the manifestation of Jesus to bring the power on the earth. So we can cast out devils. You know, it, it said, Lord, Lord. They said, Lord, Lord, have we not cast out devils in your name? Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Lord, Lord, have we not done wonders in your name? And he said, I never knew you. Now you know that you can't cast out no devil without the kingdom of God being in you. Right? Remember the Pharisees tried to accuse Jesus of being Bezabel, the king of demons? They thought he was the king of demons because he was casting out demons. And Jesus answered, Satan does not cast out Satan or the house will be divided. You can't cast out a devil without the kingdom of God in you because it's the power of the kingdom of heaven. Y'all got to get this because the church is so messed up thinking they're right in right relationship with God because they got this power to prophesy. They got this power to cast out devils. 
They got this power to do signs and wonders and miracles and don't know him. Wow. Let's go to the next one. Now, I have a right and a privilege to use the name of Jesus, to prophesy, to cast out devils, heal the sick, and do wonders, because the kingdom of God came in me. I have a right to use his name. Amen? Let's go to the next one. What is the will of the Father? Remember Jesus said, Lord, 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 they haven't done his will. What is the will of the Father? Well, let's look. Um, let's go back to uh, John 14.23. Lee? John 14.23. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. 14.26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring your remembrance all things that I said to you. Now, let's look at this. Jesus is telling his disciples, and we're his disciples, right? He is telling them that the Father and I want to come make a home in you. But the very next verse or two verses down, he's saying, but I'm sending the Holy Spirit and it will come from the Father. So the Holy Spirit when he comes in, he's bringing the kingdom of God. And what else is he doing? Bringing everything back to your remembrance that Jesus says to you. And what else is he doing? He's helping you get the temple right. He'll help you renew your mind. That's grace. He'll help you do it. And when it's renewed, at any level, God does everything in measure. If you get a measure of your mind renewed, you get a measure of Jesus, you get a measure of the Father right there in your head. But we want the full measure. We want the full maturity of the Trinity in us. Let's go to the next one. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. Here he is. He doesn't know the lamb. He knows the sheep. A lamb doesn't have the word up here yet. And they're easily deceived. And they follow strange voices. But he knows the sheep. So he's saying, when they say, Lord, Lord, I've done all these things in my name, in your name. He said, yes, you have. And I know you. Come on. In. He knows them. Because they're sheep and not a lamb. Y'all should be getting excited about this because this is, this is a truth that we needed. I'm telling you, I needed it. I needed it. Let's go back to Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. The will of the Father. That's going to get us to heaven. Imagine this, Jesus, okay, standing in, in, in a victorious chariot. And he's got people cheering him on, on each side. And behind the chariot, he's got a chain 
of people dragging them back, right? Where he captured them. And look what it says here. It says, yeah, I didn't give you this, Todd. So imagine, imagine Jesus standing in a victory chariot, what chariot while being driven along the road and all the enemies he defeated were chained behind him and all the citizens of the kingdom applauding him on both sides. Where would we be standing? Would we be among those applauding and cheering on the conqueror? Or will we be among those captured by pride? By fear, by anger, unforgiven. Which one would it be? Don't you love God's instruction? He loves us enough to keep us out of error. Because he wants a reunion back to heaven. We have to remember that we are already seated with Christ in the heavenly our spirit is seated with him if you're born again it's there that's how we get our source to live on this earth from him so if we take the position in the kingdom of the kingdom government of god he has given us then we will release his power and authority and overthrow the enemy and dethrone him for our lack of enforcing defeat. We are supposed to enforce the defeat of Satan. That's what we're to do. Enforcing his defeat. Exercising the anointing that you have. Enforcing his defeat in people. And that's a force of love. Love will melt. The devil will burn him up. His love conquers everything. So what is the will of the Father? Obedience. That's the will of the Father. Obedience. Learn about Jesus. Take on His character. Follow Him. Do only what the Father says because that's the only thing Jesus did. And then establish His rule. Establish His dominion. Because that's why we're here, is to establish what Adam had and lost. We've got to establish it. How will I know and when will I know he is Lord? Let's define Lord first. 1 Peter 2.9 But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who call you out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. Awesome, awesome. Lord is Lord means supreme authority, controller of a kingdom. And there's only two kingdoms in this world, kingdom of darkness, kingdom of light. But he says you're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, who lives by... Did you go to that scripture? Let's go to the next one. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble, being disobedient to the word 
to which they also were appointed. The reason people stumble, the reason people are disobedient to the word, because not living by the law of love. If you're a royal priesthood, then we should be living by the royal love. It's a law. It's a royal love law. If we live by the royal law, amen, and royal means Lord, supreme authority, controlling a kingdom, then we will be in supreme authority of a royal love or a royal priesthood. Most of the church don't even experience what's in the kingdom. It's a royal kingdom. It's full of wealth, riches and wealth. And you can only capture it by a royal love working through you. So what's the other supreme authority? Pride. What's the other supreme authority? Fear. Anger, unforgiveness. It's all lies. Do not fear. God will test you. He'll ask somebody to say something to you. And instead of you running to God, you're going to run to man. That's what happens. Now, what if you died on the way to, to run into the man? Amen. Oh, but Lord, I was prophesying today before somebody said something to me. And it caused me to fear so I could go check it out with man. But why didn't you check it out with me? My word says do not fear. You would have never went to man if you truly know what the word says. Do not fear. You could die on the way to seeing man to help you. You could die on the way to seeing man to get your opinion, get your answer. And he'll say, I never knew you. Pride does rise up in supreme authority. How do I make him Lord? How do I make him Lord? Let's look at this. We have to bow. Bow to him. What does that mean? Believe, obey, and worship. You'll never worship anything, anybody that you don't obey. You never obey anything, anybody that you don't believe. And when you truly believe the word, you'll obey it. And when you truly obey it, it's going to cause you to worship God. And I know all of you got this right. I'm not talking about you. I hope I'm not talking about y'all. I'm preparing you for ministry out there. So I know nobody's got this stuff going on in this place. Right? Because when you come in here, you're going to worship. A lot of people, they can't wait to worship. Because they obeyed and they believed. You'll never enter into true worship just believing. Praise God. I'm jumping ahead. Day of judgment. Matthew 12, 28. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, 
Surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. There it is. It's backing it up. These guys, these Christians, whoever they were, they were casting out demons because the Spirit of God came upon them. The Spirit of God came upon them. The Spirit of God comes upon His kingdom. Amen? So they could do that. That's the power of God. The kingdom of God is the power of God. The kingdom of heaven is where God dwells. Let's look at Matthew 7, 22. And let's say this together. Let's say it together as Lee says it. Many, Many will, will say to me in that, that day, Lord, Lord, have, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? Wow. Next verse. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Wow. What does new mean? I never knew you. I would hate to think I got up there and, and I've been casting out devils, healing the sick, raising the dead, all these kind of things, and, and get up there and Jesus looks at me and he says, I never knew you. Depart from me. You who practice lawlessness. What is that? And what is new? Let's see. When he says, I never knew you. Let's see what that really means. It means intercourse. You are saved by the spirit of truth. But the truth of the spirit has to be here. So when you hear a word tonight, you're hearing it tonight. The spirit and the word start traveling together into your soul, your mind, and there's a divine intercourse happen. Right there. Divine intercourse happens. What is a divine intercourse? It means communication between two individuals and interchange of thoughts and feelings. And how many times have we grabbed the thoughts of the devil when things don't go right? When somebody says something that's contrary to something being whole. Interchange means thirdly, to put each in the place of the other to cause to change places with another so the interchange leads to intercourse which leads to the divine communication between two individuals and as you and Jesus can you imagine not just hearing everything being repeated father speaks Jesus repeats Holy Spirit, repeat, and we get it. Now I'm hearing Jesus. It's stronger. It's louder. And the Father, in a measure, at the measure I received the revelation. I got the whole three of the Trinity. It's intercourse. John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow, follow me. me. You cannot follow him. We cannot follow him till we have had a divine interchange, till we have had a divine intercourse, and then we know him. And listen, you don't have to be at full measure to know him. You can be at a measure to know him. And if you die tomorrow and you just got that little bit of measure, amen, he's going to know you because he sees himself. 
So let's go to the little man on the chart on the screen a minute. Most of the church of Jesus Christ is right here. A lot of pastors are still right here. And that's why the sheep can't grow up. The lambs can't grow up because they can't. You'll never go grow past your leader. You'll never get past him. What happens if that one dies? This is the one. When he dies, the Lord's going to say, I know you. I know you. I know you. And the scripture says, he will deny, he will not deny himself. Amen. He will not deny himself. So if you got one little revelation that changed your character and you're not talking like that no more, you're not thinking like that no more, you're not walking like that no more, you're good. Now let's grow up in it. But we can do something for him on this earth and bring that kingdom power and the kingdom of heaven onto the earth. All right, now we're wrapping it up. Let's see. What would be the voice of a stranger? What would be the voice of a stranger? Let's look at this. Wow. 20 voices right there talking to you all day long. Yeah, read them out loud. You have unforgiveness, shame, and rejection. Here are the 20 voices. Anger. Bitterness. Envy. Pride. Jealousy. Complaining. Rebellion. Deception. Pride, masking, controlling, self-centered, cursing, money, sex for approval, non-trusting, fears, man-pleaser, materialism, and manipulation. Listen, if you are truly following Jesus, every one of these voices will be a stranger to you. Why? With a stranger, you don't know. Well, what does no mean? Interchange. Intercourse. A divine communication with either the light or the darkness. If I truly know him, just a little, these will be strangers. A stranger is someone who you have, a, have no personal acquaintance with. Man, I'm telling you, if you got a personal acquaintance with anger and unforgiveness and shame and rejection and all these kind of things, then you know there's a communication going on, and that communication is death. It's death. Matthew 7, 23. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So again, what is lawlessness? Let's look at the next scripture. James 1, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. There it is. If you heard it, just do it. If you heard it, just do it. Act on it. Be a doer of it. Start exercising. You're not going to get it right the first time. But if you made the choice to obey the word, the Holy Spirit will help you get it right. And God looks at your heart. And he sees you getting it right. He sees you making an effort because he sees his Holy Spirit working on your behalf. He's going to be pleased. But if I don't, what am I doing? I'm deceiving my what? Self. My head. 
the thing that God wants, I'm deceiving. To look like God, to talk like God, to act like God, and it's not God. That's lawlessness. 1 Timothy 1, 9 through 10. Knowing this, that the law is not made for the righteous person, but for the lawless and the insubordinate, for the ungodly and for the sin- and for sinners, for the unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for fornicators, for sodomists, for kidnappers, for liars, for prejurers, and it and if there is any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine. Pride's contrary to sound doctrine. Fear is contrary to sound doctrine. Anger is contrary. All these other voices are contrary to sound doctrine. Now I know nobody in here is doing that. Right? Because what's going to happen? Contrary. Sound doctrine. The lawlessness. Did I give that, give that to you, Todd? Yeah. Lawlessness is not, not controlled by the law of God, the word of God, the spirit of God, exempt of God's character. There it is. Luke 11, 21 and 22. We're wrapping it up. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes him, he takes from him all his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoil. Who's the stronger one? Jesus. When the stronger one comes upon him. When does he come upon you? In your trial and test. The stronger one just showed up. And now there's a resurrection of resistance to Jesus. Paul said, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, cast it down. Cast it down. Cast it down. People do not understand the ministry of deliverance and spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare has to do with the total absolute and permanent removal of demons lodging in a person their soul to succeed it is necessary to eliminate the life support systems that strengthen these spirits which give them legal right and authority to overpower us also it is necessary to close every door that allowed these spirits to come into our lives. Close the door of unforgiveness. Close the door of shame. And close the door of rejection. Now let's go back to three spots for, real quick. I want, to look, I want to look at these life support systems. These are the life support systems of unforgiveness, shame, and rejection. And every time we receive... That thought, that voice, we're giving life support to unforgiveness, shame, and rejection. Close the door. Go to the soul real quick. Close the door. 
You have four doors to your soul. Intellect, will, emotions, and affections. Once you repent from them, these strongholds, how you close the door? When you start thinking differently. And when that door gets closed, the Lord's going to seal it with the blood. And then He's going to sanctify you for a little while. He's going to separate you from the people that you hung around with that had those same thoughts. Right? And we don't like that. So there's a separation that happens for a season. So He, he can build that character in he can build his character. And then that door will fly right open. And then you'll be speaking what he says now. You'll say what he says now. Amen.